0: To the podcast. My name is Will. I'm your host. Today's date is March 30th, 2021. This episode 23 title is going to be called Here We Go Again because we are repeating a couple things that we've seen in the past in history. But before I get to that, if I seem, if I sound a little tired, it's because I'm very tired. I worked about 56 hours this week. Uh, You know I do. I work Tuesday through Saturday, 2 p.m. to 11 p.m. Now on Saturday I actually worked from 7:30 in the morning to 11 o'clock at night, and then on Sunday I worked 1 p.m. to 10 p.m. And it's it's, I'm recording this on a Monday night. It's about 9 o'clock on March 29th when I'm recording this. I am tired, um, but I am not going to stop. I'm just going to keep on doing what I need to do. And we have quite a few things to talk about here. Uh, our big topic is going to be the uh, border, of course, because I'm sure you've heard some things about what's going on at the border. But before we get there, we have a couple things to go over. First, first thing I want to talk about today is an article from a website called The Hill. Now, The Hill says, this article, Baltimore drops prosecution of low-level crimes, including prostitution and drug possession. So it says, the city of Baltimore will no longer prosecute certain low-level crimes, including prostitution, drug possession, and minor traffic violations. State's attorney, Marilyn Mosby, announced this on Friday. The move was unveiled in a press release from Mosby's office as it reported, one year of success of policies implemented last March to not prosecute the nonviolent charges amid the coronavirus pandemic. Sounds to me like they just don't want to do their job and they're just lazy. According to the state's attorney, uh, excuse me, according to the state's attorney's office, Last year's decision has resulted in a decrease in arrests, no adverse impact on the crime rate, and the address and address the system, systemic equality of mass incarceration. Uh, isn't this absurd? It's just, you know, I just what, three paragraphs in, it's already absurd. Okay? It says, resulted in a decrease in arrests. Well, obviously, if you're not, you know, how, how about this? How about uh, you just don't prosecute any crime at all? You say there's no arrests. How about that, you know? No adverse impact on the crime rate. Because prostitution and drug possession and traffic violations are things that you don't really see. <laughs> they go on behind your back. <laughs> they happen. They go on behind your back. They go unreported. So obviously, there's no going to be. It's not going to be an an, uh, an impact on the reported crime rate. But the pr- crime rate could have went through the roof. It says, addresses the systemic. Ig- ig- inequity of mass incarceration now that's pathetic that's just pathetic and absurd on its face it's asinine uh what do what, what do they even mean by systemic in- inequity of mass incarcerations what are they are, are they trying to are they implying that people of a certain race are incarcerated more than others well if you don't commit a crime you won't be arrested uh, that's pretty much all i have to say on the matter the last part i'm going to read from the article uh it's a quote from Mosby. It says, Today, America's war on drug users is over in the city of Baltimore. We leave behind the era of tough on crime, prosecution, and zero tolerance police policing and no longer default to the status quo of to criminalize mostly people of color for addiction. So there we go. You're just saying that people of color are usually the ones addicted. And we're not being tough on crime. In my opinion, I think we should be tough on crime, you know. I, I feel like in America, America is actually pretty lenient in terms of uh, crime. Because in, in some countries, it like goes to the Middle East and places like that. If you steal something, they cut off your hand. If you rape somebody, they castrate you. So, this shows how absurd this stuff is getting. Uh, and I, I wonder what party running the city of Baltimore. Hmm, I wonder. You should go look that up. Okay, so next subject here. The Clown Show continues. have an article here from TheBlaze.com. It says, Oakland to offer guaranteed income, but only for minority families. 600 low-income minority families will receive $500 a month for the next 18 months. $500 now. $500. What, What can $500 really get you these days? Like, yeah, it'll get you a pair of Jordans and maybe a tank of gas. You know? article says, Officials in Oakland, California announced the launch of a guaranteed income pilot program this week that will provide direct monthly payments to low-income minority families in the city. Isn't it just absurdly ex- expensive to live in the Bay anyway? It's just, you know, your rent. It's $500 is going to do what to your rent? Like, nothing? <laughs> this is the initiative, which is one of the largest guaranteed income experiments to be conducted in the United States to date, aims to find out if providing regular payments... To low-income families will lift them from their economic plight. Ah, oh, wow. Oh, how about that? Five hundred dollars, and your rent is probably what 2500 for a uh, for a uh, for a two-bedroom apartment. What are the details? It says the program called Oakland Resilient Families will send six hundred families in the city five hundred dollars a month payments over the next eighteen months as part of an effort to eliminate racial wealth inequalities in the city, which the program argues is a result of ongoing systemic racism. <laughs> here we go again this is pathetic this is pathetic you know five hundred dollars is gonna do jack all right and talk about oh it's the inequality the inequity and all that stuff the financial inequality how about there are people who make money because they had good ideas all right you know you can't say stuff like that because there are black billionaires, there are white billionaires, there are Asian billionaires, millionaires, Middle Eastern billionaires, millionaires. It's pathetic. In America, you work hard, you provide value, and you'll make money. You start a business, and it's a good. If it's a good business, you'll make money. All right, I, this is ridiculous. So I'm just gonna move on. I, I don't really have too much to say about that. You you folks are way smarter. Uh, then you give your credits, you, you folks are smarter than you give yourselves credit for, and you're smart enough to see through that complete and utter mess. So, moving on, article from the New York Times says Biden pushes mask mandates, uh, as CDC director warns of impending doom. Pretty much in a nutshell, Joe Biden is saying to wear your mask and uh, drive in your car with your windows up by yourself and sweep your porch by yourself with seven masks on. And there's the CDC director, Rochelle Walensky, appeared to fight back tears as she pleaded with Americans to, quote, hold on a little while longer and continue following public health advice. Uh, I don't think she was crying. I think somebody put an onion on her desk and she just uh, it was there for a little bit too long. So she just started to tear up. So uh, if you want to read that article from The New York Times, go ahead and pull that up for yourself. Next, have an article from One American News Network says, Biden won't hold direct talks with Kim Jong Un. Experts warn China will take over Korean affairs if the United States fails to open direct talks. So, says that in the title. Experts warn China will take over Korean affairs. Don't they know that North Korea is pretty much China's dog anyway? Don't don't they know that? that and I think that uh, China and North Korea had like what a, they'd sign what a, a 25-year cooperation deal between uh, the two oppressive dictators Kim Jong Un and Xi Jinping. So there's that. Since Joe Biden rejected the possibility of direct diplomacy with North Korea, which experts said may further embolden China, on Monday, White House press secretary Jen Psaki and said Biden has not planned to meet with Kim Jong Un to discuss the denuclearization of the Korean Peninsula. So I don't know why Joe Biden is neglecting North Korea. It's kind of like in the Obama administration; they were pretty much provoking Kim Jong Un. I'm not. I'm not giving i'm not saying kim jong-un is the good guy here i'm not saying that at all because this guy is in north korea kim jong-un is worshipped as a god like literally Uh, it's it's ridiculous but yeah joe biden's pretty much neglecting this in the obama administration they're pretty much uh when trump came to office obama told trump that his biggest problem was north korea and when trump came to office we were just really really near a war with north korea then you had trump get up there at the united nations in 2017 and threatened to totally destroy north korea to which nobody challenged him <laughs> and he just went on about his business so there's that I, I just don't know why joe biden is not uh taking the time to meet with north korea you actually had donald trump and i think it was 2019 he actually stepped into the neutral zone there between north and south korea but uh, North Korea has actually been testing missiles and things like that and shooting off rockets and testing rockets and firing stuff off. For like the second or third time since Joe Biden took office. But you know, Joe Biden doesn't want to communicate with him. I don't know why not. But hey, that's just his that is his prerogative there. He's doing that of his own volition. So I have an article here from the Washington Examiner. Says the White House confirms Biden will sign the executive order on gun control in the wake of the Boulder, Colorado shooting. Says the White House confirmed Friday that the president will soon sign an executive order on gun control. Says yes, White House Press Secretary Jens Saki said. I can't give you an exact time frame in part, but because they have to go through the review process, which is something that we do from here. President Joe Biden provided a hint of what to expect while speaking to reporters on the tarmac en route to his home in Delaware Friday afternoon and mentioned guns that are made by 3D equipment. We are now we are looking at that right now. Biden said when asked uh, by a reporter, we are looking at what kind of authority we have. I have relative to imported weapons as as well as whether or not I have the authority to these new weapons that are being made by 3D equipment that aren't registered as, as guns at all. There may be some latitude there as well. So, like I said, they're going after your second amendment. And good luck with that. But w- one thing you notice is that you have uh, South Dakota South Dakota governor Kristi Noem. She signs a bill on the second amendment. And it's it strengthens the Senate's pro-gun laws according to an article here from The Hill says that South, South Dakota's GOP governor signed several bills into law over the past week, strengthening protections for the state's gun owners, including one clarifying the state's stand-your-ground law. The governor's website indicated that three bills related to gun ownership and the use of deadly force were signed into law over the past week, Senate Bills 111, 100, and 1212. Among the provisions signed into law are restrictions on the seizure and restriction of firearms for those accused of a crime and a reduction in state fees for concealed carry permits. Police officers will still be allowed to temporarily disarm people while they are lawfully detained. One bill also added new new clarifications for the state's stand-your-ground law, which allows residents to use deadly force to protect themselves anywhere they are legally allowed to be. So you pretty much have states like South Dakota, Iowa, Idaho, trying to negate the federal Congress passing of certain laws. So... It's just crazy to me that they think that passing all these gun laws will stop gun crime. But you can get guns on the black market. You know, if you ban guns, you just... When you ban something, you pretty much create a a black market for it. Criminals don't obey laws, and they're still going to commit gun crimes. And it's funny how the states with the strictest gun control measures have the highest rates of gun crime. Look at Washington, D.C. Criminals know that citizens don't have guns... And so it's easier to commit to crime. So think about it. If I walk into a bank and I want to rob the bank, I pull out my Ruger, point out the guy and tell him, put the money in the bag or you're going to get shot. Nobody has to get hurt, but you will if you don't put the money in the bag. If I say that to them, they start putting the money in the bag and everything and everyone's just looking at me shocked. They're like, oh my goodness, this guy is robbing the bank. And what can they do about it? There's nothing they can really do. Uh, and then I just walk, I just run out with the money. Yeah, they'll call the police and things like that, but, you know, you know how long the police take to get places. Now, if you have a, now, if you have, if you live somewhere where people can actually carry weapons or have concealed carry permits and things like that and weapons are common and if I walk into a bank and try to rob the bank, what if 10 or 12 citizens pull out their guns on me? And call the police. So now I can be detained by those citizens who have the guns. Because one person with a gun ain't going to take out 10 or 12 people with a gun. With guns. So they can detain me until the police get there and hold me at gunpoint and stop me. And the police can get there and arrest me and things like that. So... I just really don't understand how some people can just want to ban the Second Amendment. There's a reason that our founding fathers put the right to bear arms in there. Like I say, time and time again, communist countries take away guns. Socialist countries take away guns so that citizens can't fight back, so that they can take over the country and impose uh, terrible laws on people. Now, one thing I want to point out to you is that you see states suing Joe Biden and they're suing Joe Biden for his handling of the United States-Mexico border and you see the media really, the is really reporting on Joe Biden a lot more than they wanted to because the devil Donald Trump is gone and so the media has no devil and so they have to report on something because companies like CNN and stuff is dying and so you see what you see is I'm just going I'm just going to lay it out for you. Donald Trump is a is the shadow president. Now, Senator Liz, Lindsey Graham, GOP Senator from South Carolina. He 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 said it on an interview and so did the mainstream media. Donald Trump is the shadow president, like I said. It says, "Okay, and here's my thing. I think that Republican governors of America are taking their orders from Donald Trump, who is in Mar-a-Lago in Florida. But notice how the Democrats are proposing legislation, gun legislation, in Congress, and then a lot of Republican states like Iowa and South Dakota are advancing gun legislation in their own states to negate that action. And again, I can tell you all the time, I'm a states' rights. I'm a states' rights guy. I think that I think that the federal government should only be involved in certain things. But I think that the states should be able to do what they will. And, I, and the thing is that I think that we're seeing a political battle here. You can't see Donald Trump, but he is really conducting an orchestra behind the scenes. Uh, so that's, that's pretty much what we have. You have Donald Trump with the states, the Republican states, and then you have Joe Biden in the federal government and things like that. It's really a political battle that's going on. And so it's things like this. So... Georgia is pass is Georgia actually passes uh, laws that require stricter requirements on on voting. I have an article here from the New York Times. Article tells us Georgia GOP passes major law to limit voting amid the nationwide push. It says the law which has been denounced by Democrats and voting rights groups comes as Republican controlled legislatures across the country mount an extensive mount an extensive con- contraction of ballot access the most extensive contraction of ballot access in generations excuse me it says georgia republicans on thursday passed a sweeping law to restrict voting access in the state introducing more rigid voter identification requirements for absentee ballot balloting limiting drop boxes and expanding the legislature's power legislature's power over elections so why i, I just i don't think it's a bad thing that they require voter id in order to vote and things like that cuz I need a voter ID to go into a bar. I need one to get a driver's license. You know, uh, you know, you need one to get on a plane. So I don't understand why. I just don't understand. Like you need one to get. You need one to get a gun. You know, I, I just I don't understand. I don't understand how 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 that could be. Some people would say it's racist or things like that. So you need a voter ID for a lot of things. So, but why not for Selecting the president of the United States. You know? And Biden's Justice Department is going to take a look at the legislations, but I think that the federal government should stay out of it. If California wanted to pass a law banning voter ID, I doubt Joe Biden would look into that. I seriously doubt it for political reasons. And I think that if California wants to pass a law that banning voter ID, okay, fine. You know? If Texas wants to pass a law, mandating voter id okay fine why not the united states is such a big country that people in nevada and people in west virginia have different views on things because they're because the states do different things and they have different functions like louisiana louisiana gets a lot of their revenue from oil and natural gas and 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 drilling off the coast and things like that california gets a lot of its money from farming and big tech, things like that. Just two totally different places. That's why we have governors and mayors and things like that. Because I don't care where you live. I, I don't want somebody way over there in Washington, D.C. making laws for me over here in California. I don't like it. So, so the article goes on. The legislation which followed... Democratic victories that flip the state at the presidential and Senate levels comes amid a national movement among Republican-controlled state legislatures to mount the most extensive contraction of voting access in generations, seeking to appease a conservative base that remains incensed about the results of the 2020 election. Republicans have already passed a similar law in Iowa and are moving forward with efforts to restrict voting in states including Arizona, Florida, and Texas. See? You see what the article does there? They say they're going to restrict voting. Um... They're actually going to just have voting for people who have IDs. Now, every citizen of the United States—if you're 18 or older—you know that you need to have ID with you wherever you go. You never know what's going to happen. So, I, in my opinion, I don't think it's restricting votings. Whoa, whoa whoa, it could be. Yeah, you could be restricting voting for illegal immigrants and people like that. Hey, what's wrong with that? They're not citizens. You know, the uh, Constitution tells us. So that only citizens citizens get the right to vote. So uh, I I don't understand. It's funny. I'm actually gonna play a little bit of this clip here. Uh, It's it's from a gentleman working for Fox News, and this YouTube clip he goes around and asks people how about voter ID and things like that. So the the uh, title of the video on YouTube is called "How White Liberals Really View Black Voters." So I'm go ahead and roll that clip for you.
1: Do you have an opinion on voter ID
2: laws? Uh, yeah, they're usually pretty racist and
1: <laughs> they're bad. I think voter ID laws are a way to perpetuate racism. Would you say they're, would you go as far to say they're, they're, those laws are racist? For sure. Do you think it suppresses the uh, African American vote? Definitely.
0: Uh, because
1: they're less likely to have
0: state IDs. Minority voters are less likely to have the kinds of IDs that have been um, described or required. These type of people don't live in. Areas with easy access to DMVs or other places where they can get identification. You
1: can always get IDs. You do it over the internet. Does that also make it difficult for for black people in particular yeah
0: you have to have access to the internet you have to be able to pay an internet service provider for certain fees do you think that's harder for black people to go online well ideas? i feel
2: like they don't have the knowledge of how of like how it works like,
1: a lot of people have smartphones but you might not have data for most of the communities they don't really know what is out there just because they're not aware or like right. they're not informed i also think there's a repression of like black voting with Um, how they how if you're a convicted felon like you're not allowed to vote and everything and when you look at swing states like Florida that's a huge population of the of the like African Americans now I'm here in East Harlem
0: can you believe the audacity of these people this is what they think about us (laughs) can you believe the audacity it just it's just just as a nine as a ten as 11 as a 12 that's what they think about black people that's what they think okay if you're black there you go voter ids are racist right come on now come on come on folks now moving on here we have uh i've been hearing a lot about this and i i watched joe biden's first press conference about an hour long i watched the entire thing there's nothing really crazy going on there but he was actually reading the answers off of a piece of paper instead of getting uh, miscellaneous questions from reporters he actually had their faces and everything on a sheet of uh, paper so that he could look at it and know which reporters to call on if donald trump did that we would all be giving that old man the business okay <laughs> we would all be lighting him up all right now Joe Biden actually seemed out of it on his conference. He seemed out of it I I got a, I got a little uh, sound bite to play for you so here we go.
2: So the best way to get something done if you if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to anyway I've, we're going to get a lot done and if we have to, if there's complete lockdown and chaos as a consequence of the filibuster then. We'll have to go beyond what I'm talking about. Okay. Um, hang on. Uh, sorry. Oh. Sing man, Miss Kim.
0: Now, what if Joe Biden is dealing with another country and he's telling, it could be a country like Russia and things like that. He's like, Vladimir Putin, you got to stop. Uh, well, anyway. <laughs> you know, how would you like that? Does that sound like a strong, confident leader to you? The guy's out of it, okay? He's out of it. You know what that sounds like?
1: That plainly is domestic extremism, domestic terrorism, an attacks.
0: Now, that second soundbite was from, of course, none other than the human highlight reel, Merrick Garland, who was nominated by Joe Biden to be the attorney general, and I think that the two are a match made in heaven. So, on a more serious note, move on to an article from the Epic Times. It says, CCP advisor outlined detailed plan to defeat the United States, including manipulating elections. Hmm, that title. Hmm. A leading Chinese professor, who is also an advisor to the CCP, laid out a comprehensive plan for the communist regime to over- overthrow the United States as a world superpower. The professor's multi... Prong strategy involves a range of malign actions to divert the United States while strengthening the Chinese regime. They include interfering in U.S. elections, controlling the American market, cultivating global enemies to challenge the United States, stealing American technology, expanding Chinese territory, and influencing international organizations. That is an interesting paragraph there. So, didn't we just have the United States election? Hmm. Cultivating... Global enemies to challenge the United States. Hmm, Iran, North Korea. Expanding Chinese territory, Taiwan. Influencing international organizations. Hmm, Google, Facebook, Big Tech, Twitter, Neuralink, DeepMind from Google. Oh, I may have said too much. Now, Arco goes on from a quote by the professor. It says, we want to be the world leader, Jin said. Explaining Chinese leader Xi Jinping's desire for a national rejuvenation of the country, dubbed Teacher of the State by Chinese netizens, Jin is a prominent scholar known for his fiery anti-United States rhetoric. He is an advisor to two powerful bodies of the CCP, the Organization Department, and the United Front Work Department, through its nuke, unclear, though it's unclear how close he is to Xi Jinping. So, says, article goes on, says, weakening the United States. The, tra- the strategy to topple the United States was composed of two broad components. Weakening America through both internal and foreign sources and strengthening the Chinese regime's economic, military, and diplomatic party. So, when it comes to weakening the United States from the inside, doesn't the CCP take CNN, Fox, and MSNBC out to lunch? Hmm. That is interesting. Hmm. Interesting thing there. This Another quote by uh, Mr. Jen says, The United States is a middle-aged man who is good looking, has strong capabilities, and support from most employees. To replace it, we first need to create conditions that make it easy for the United States to make mistakes. Second, we should make it as as busy as possible dealing with problems to the extent that it will feel depressed and want to give up. Third, we should become intertwined with the United States so that it can't attack us. So hey, isn't that scary? If you go back and listen to my Episode uh, By Order of the CCP and By Order of the CCP Part 2, the United States owns Joe Biden. So don't they have us internally already? And isn't Joe Biden appointing people in uh, important positions that are subservient to the CCP? Hey, if you don't believe me, you think I'm being a political hack, then go back and listen to those episodes. So I wouldn't just say it for nothing, okay? If it wasn't true, I wouldn't just say it. This is Pursuit of Truth. Looking for the truth here, not your feelings, okay? Because I don't care how you feel. Says Jin said the CCP was thinking of many ways to weaken the United States, which he described as a very difficult task. The professor offered four practical tactics. One, manipulating elections. Two, controlling the market. Three, fostering enemies. And four, causing international problems for the United States. So if you read the article from the Epic Times, Epic Times goes into detail about this Chinese professor's uh, strategies one, two, three, and four. can go ahead and pull up that article from Epic Times. Again, article's called CCP Advisor Outline Detailed Plans to Defeat the United States, Including Manipulating Elections. So you can go ahead and uh, do that research if you would like to. I highly recommend it. So moving on to the border. I actually said earlier in the video that Ted Cruz went down to the border, and here is what Ted Cruz had to say uh, about the border. I'm going to play the soundbite in a second here, but Ted Cruz, in one of the videos Ted Cruz was actually blocked by a like somebody, uh, he was over there recording what was going on, and then somebody, this lady, jumped in front of him and was saying, "Please respect people's rights and things like that." As behind the lady, the kids were just locked up in their little habitats. There, uh, we, got, we got like plastic sheets and stuff like that. It's just crazy. So let's go ahead and roll the
1: clip. What is occurring here on the border is heartbreaking, and it is a tragedy. You know, as we stand by the banks of the Rio Grande, we have an army of TV cameras here. It is striking that not a single one of these cameras is allowed in the Donna facility. We requested that media accompany us in the facility. The Biden administration said no. The Trump administration had allowed media inside facilities like that. The Obama administration allowed media inside facilities like that. The George W. Bush administration had, the Bill Clinton administration had. But the Biden administration wants to hide what is going on here. Not only that, but a number of us took pictures and took videos because the American people have a right to know what is happening here. And the Biden administration sent down political handlers to try to keep silent, to try to keep the American people not knowing what's going on. The Donna facility is a giant tent city built with a capacity of 250. It has nearly 4,000 people in it. We saw cages after cages after cages of little girls, of little boys, lying side by side, touching each other, covered with reflective emergency blankets. There was no six-foot space. There was no three-foot space. There wasn't a three-inch space between the children lined up one after the other, after the other, and children as young as infants. We saw play pens with infants and toddlers playing. We also saw a group of children who just today tested positive for COVID-19. The Donna facility alone reports roughly 10% of the individuals being held there are testing positive for COVID-19. Rates dramatically higher than the U.S. population and the Biden administration is taking people who are testing positive for COVID-19 and locking them in cages side by side. This is inhumane. It is wrong and it is the direct consequence Of policy decisions by the Biden administration to stop building the wall, to return to catch and release, and to end the stay in Mexico policy.
0: A number of. I think that Senator Cruz hit the nail right on the head there. That that's what's going on there at the border. And if you uh, listen to episode 22, I actually gave an account uh, from an exclusive report on the border from the epic times and the border border patrol employee was talking about how one one agent was uh would be relegated to watching over three to five hundred illegal immigrants at one time they said uh, r- uh lice scabies and COVID and the flu run run rampant in there I actually had to look up what scabies were you know I always heard about it when I was a little kid but you know what scabies are scabies is like a rash it's they're like little insects that burrow into your skin and they're it really really itchy and they burrow into your skin and they lay eggs there in your skin so that's what's going on at your border facility truly truly the uh, place of sanitation and sterilization there but uh, I have one more quick story before we get out of here so I'm sure you've heard about the Suez Canal And there is a Evergreen ship uh, that is uh, blocking the access to the Suez Canal there. Now, Evergreen is the FBI code name, excuse me, the Secret Service code name for a certain former first lady of the United States. And uh, I think that they're going to open up some of these containers on these ships and I think you should look up and see whose name was evergreen whose code name was evergreen and I think that if when they open if they open up these containers I think that you'll hear a certain type of sounds you know coming from these containers you know that's just me you know that's just me though so but uh yeah so that's all I have to say about that evergreen stuff yeah that's pretty much all I have for you wonderful folks on this Tuesday Um, Thank you so much for listening and I would just like to say that you guys are a wonderful audience and uh, people sent me videos of them sitting around with their families and listening to my podcast and laughing and things like that. I just want you to know that I truly am honored that somebody would sit here and listen to me rant on and on and on about life and things like that. Uh, I just never thought that i would be doing something like this you know i still wake up and i'm just like wow i have a i have a podcast like wow that's that's me you know i can't believe and i can't believe people actually sit there and listen to me you know they're come there like the uh, the united states is where most of my listeners are but there are listeners and places like australia and venezuela and and the united kingdom and chechia and places like that i just want to say thank you so much um I really value your trust and your tr- to me your trust is really sacred and I'm just, again, I just can't say it enough that I'm honored that somebody would take the time out of their own day to listen to me because, you know, there's so many things distracting you during the day with work and school and emails and text messages and social media and TV and Netflix and all these different things that you could do. But you're sitting here and you're listening you're, you're taking about half an hour a little bit more than half an hour uh, out of your day to listen to me and and, and for that I, I truly am grateful uh, I can't express that enough so if you like what I'm saying uh, consider going to my website pursuitoftruth.info scrolling all the way down and donating consider becoming a monthly uh, consider becoming a monthly donator but if not I really I really appreciate you anyway because the thing is that I'm more concerned about the information getting out there than I am about money. I have a job. I can make money myself. There are things I can do to make money. Um, but I really wanted to, I just really wanted to provide the value for you wonderful folks. Um, so th- again, thank you so much and this is where I'm going to end my episode for today. I will see you on Wednesday which is tomorrow, and I'm going to be talking about AI all over again, and I'm actually going to provide for you the YouTube video from the gentleman Cyrus Parsa, who wrote the book we are reading on Wednesdays, and uh, I'm just going to let him lay it all out for you you, so you pretty much get the basics of what he is talking about, because I've been reading these books and things like that, and I've gotten so much my knowledge of just the world and things has like quadrupled in, in the past week because of these books I've been reading and things like that. And um, yeah, I've just, it's just crazy, you know, because Superman's enemy brainiac says the more rare the knowledge, the more valuable it is. So again, I'm going to say it all the time. Thank you so much. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful to be alive and I'm thinking that God sent his son. God bless you. And I'm just going to end, uh, put my, uh, my outro here with a uh, couple couple, couple comments by a certain someone that I think you may like. So, God bless you, and I will see you tomorrow.
2: Career. You cannot go to a 7-Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. Fully, I'm not joking. Roaches. I learned about kids jumping on my lap, and I've loved kids jumping on my lap. Even call centers, even call centers, which rushed overseas in the hundreds of thousands. How many times you get the call? I'd like to talk to you about your credit card. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. They're going to put you all back in chains.
0: In my opinion, we don't need white people leading the Democratic Party right now. The Democratic Party is diverse, and it should be reflected as so in our leadership.
2: But I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, And you ain't black.
0: Why does this happen? I'm not going to do this. What I'm not going to do this, Chuck, I'm not going to do this because let me just be really clear. Vice President Biden absolutely has a respect level for all people around him, for voters across this country, young people, uh, older voters, voters of color,
2: black people, Latino voters, indigenous, Asian American, Pacific Islander. So I'm not
0: going to even uh, traffic in any hypothetical conversation about if he is sensitive enough. In my opinion, we don't need white people leading the Democratic Party right now.
2: But I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. I think Joe Biden might be suffering from that same white entitlement and privilege and ego. Well, he's just that, that old-school white male who feels like, hey, man, they need me, I don't need them, or I got them already. Joe Biden. Colleagues don't like me saying this. I think the two-party system is good for the South and good for the Negro, good for the black in the South. Um, and uh, uh, other than the fact that they still call me boy, I don't think they've, I think they've changed <laughs> their mind. About that. It's that, that old-school white male. They're going to put you all back in chains.
1: 30 seconds or less. What kind of a chance would a northeastern liberal like Joe Biden stand uh, in the south if you were running in Democratic primaries against southerners like Mark Warner and uh, John Edwards?
2: Better than anybody else. And you don't know my state. My state was a slave state. My state is a border state. My state is the eighth largest black population in the country. My state is anything from a northeast liberal state. It's that that old school white male. Choosing Joe to be my vice president was one of the best decisions I ever made better uh-huh. no